Hey there, I'm Craig Hemingway, Communications Manager for the City of Moose Jaw, and welcome to the Notorious Jawcast, the official podcast of the City of Moose Jaw, Canada's most notorious city. Wow, September is here. The kids are back in school, warrior season almost underway, and just over three months from Christmas. I'm sorry for mentioning that, but man, where does the time go? We still, however, do have a few days left of summer and there are some things to keep in mind and things to do to keep your trees healthy. And our City Parks Gardener, Sarah Regent, will tell us about that and how to nominate a tree for our annual Tree of Significance Award. That's coming up in a little bit. Also, 2020 budget preparations well underway and our Director of Financial Services, Brian Acker, will join us to discuss the economic forecast and early budget figures that were presented at the September 9th meeting of Moose Jaw City Council. But right now, we're joined by City of Moose Jaw City Manager, Jim Pufalt to explain a program that was approved by Council at that September 9th meeting as well, the Community Cleanup Program. Jim, welcome, and give us first, if you can, the background of this idea. Thanks, Craig. Yeah, for sure. I'm pretty excited about the program. Um, I think I was reminded the other day, my first day here, we went and picked litter up um, downtown, which was a good opportunity to walk around downtown and, and take a look and see how things were. Um, and I've been involved in these types of programs before because it's really important from the city's point of view that we take leadership on looking after the community it's uh, you know certainly something called the broken window, window syndrome that if you show that you don't care about something, then other people start not caring about it. And so it's important for the city to make sure that we look after our, our infrastructure, our, our parks, our ditches, our downtown, our flowers, that we look after them as well or better than anybody else does because that way we're leading by example. So one way we can do that and also work with our community is that we have you know, a number of people in the community, a number of groups are already out picking litter. And we were very inconsistent in how we treated them. Some people, we would provide some garbage bags. Some we would provide, uh, you know, no charges at the, the waste disposal site. And so rather having to one off this all the time, we thought it was important that let's develop a procedure where we can actually develop a formal, uh, adopt a section of the city, help us pick litter with it, and then, you know, again, it shows community pride from the city as a whole and, and the people that work for the city, as well as for the people in the community, the, the community groups, the individuals that walk through Sunningdale Park, for example, and pick litter. I mean, we've seen those people doing that stuff. And so anything we can do to support is what we're trying to accomplish. And of course, we do get many requests from people who, who want to do this sort of thing and perform these actions and, and helping cleaning up. And as you said, there wasn't necessarily a, a, a protocol in place that was consistent to allow these things to happen. And so now we, we've created that. If you want to take us then through some of the, the ideas behind it, we're going to do it at, at certain times of the year. Yeah, the, what's important, again, even from you know a, a strictly practical point of view of maintaining facilities and parks, is you want to ensure at the end of the year that you clean up it up as much as possible before the snow flies, because that way, when you come in the spring and you have to clean up again, you've, you've got half your work done. So that's why we've established a week in the spring and a week in the fall. In the fall, we'll be out. We'll be able to ensure that everything is as good a shape as we can possibly do with regards to litter and weeds and all the rest of that. And then the snow will fly and then we'll get out first thing in the spring as the snow melts and we'll get back out into the areas and make sure that's all uh, you know clean again. Because people have to remember, and I'm sure they all know that we're very much a tourism community. And one of the things that people look when they come to visit us is how clean is the community. And that gives that great first impression 
community pride. It gives the impression to the people that are coming to visit that, again, Moose Jaw is a tremendous place. They really care about their community and they look after it. I know this question was asked at council in regards to if you apply to clean up a certain area of town, do you have to keep reapplying every spring and fall uh, to do that? Uh, you'd have to indicate your interest for sure if that was the case, but what's uh, your thought on that? Well, again, we don't. We want to be very non-bureaucratic. And as you know, we're trying to cut red tape in a lot of areas. And one of those is we don't want to have to go out every spring to people and say, hey, are you still interested? Are you want to apply for this? Really what we want to do is people apply and again, you're going to have that area until you decide you don't want to. We'll get a hold of you in the spring and let you know when the date is that we want, that we're going to get out there, the dates that are, that is happening. Um, but again, we want this to be a very non-bureaucratic process where we can just give a phone call to the, the group leader and say, hey, our week is whatever in April. Uh, can you get out during that week and we'll go and we'll make sure we have the, you know, the, uh, the, the garbage bags for you. We'll have safety vests to make sure that you're working safe and gloves and everything that we can do to support your organization and your group that wanting to help us. Because again, we're in all in this together. The city can't do everything by themselves and, you know, uh, people's property and ditches and all that type of stuff. Again, it's really important with regards to broken window syndrome and showing community pride. Yeah, and, and along with those things you mentioned, you'll also get your certificate that'll allow you to, to go to the landfill and dispose of that waste you've collected that week for free. Yeah, because I mean, that one to me, it just seemed to be a little strange that, you know, people are volunteering and giving us a hand and then you come to the landfill, we're going to charge you to pick up litter on our property. It seemed to be, um, there's probably a whole bunch of words I'm going to use counterproductive because that's probably the nicest one I can think of. It just seems strange. Well, the first one's coming up very, very quickly. September 30th through October 6th is our first community cleanup week. And so now is the time to get your applications in. If you want to adopt a certain area of town, you can go to moosejaw.ca. We've got the information there. We've got all the locations eligible to be adopted on that page. It's as simple as uh, getting your application in by September 25th. And then uh, at that point, we can uh, run through the applications and, and get them get them uh, get them locked down and get people out the week of the 30th for sure and I mean the other thing that I pe think people will be glad to see is that City Hall will be out as well as a number of our employees as many people as we can get out for you know a couple days that week it's important to blitz the community again we want it looking great for the fall and uh, you know it's an important thing for our people to get out and support this program you know not just financially or, or through procedural but we're out there picking litters too I mean, I do that on a regular basis. And so, again, I'm just going to drag everybody out of City Hall. They're coming along. We're going to go pick garbage. Yeah, and, and you know what? And take some photos, and we'll, we'll share those, too. We want to celebrate uh, the people that are doing this. We'll recognize you for, for the efforts you're making when you do take part in Community Cleanup Week, whichever week you happen to choose. Uh, City Manager Jim Pufalt, anything else to add? No, nope, we're just, again, we're very excited to be able to bring the program forward. You know, it took a little while. We wanted to make sure we had everything covered off, you know, liability and, and supplies for people. But we're now we're ready and it's full steam ahead. And as you know, once we get going, nothing ain't stopping us now, baby. Our thanks to City Manager Jim Pufalt. City's budget preparations and economic forecast coming up. But first, the Tree of Significance and other significant items from our Parks Gardener, Sarah Regent. Sarah, thank you for taking some time for us. It's a pleasure as always. Uh, how's your summer? I know you spent a course and you always spend so much time outdoors uh, during the summer months. Uh, I guess catch us up to date in terms of what uh, what our crews are doing here uh, in the last couple weeks of summer. 
Yes, right now our crews are actually mostly preparing for fall. We're doing some last minute cleanup. We're trying to keep our flowers going as long as we can, right up until frost, which should be another week or two away. Uh, and then we're looking at cleaning up parks, making sure everything's ready to go over winter and making sure everything's as healthy as it can be going into winter so that it can get off to a good start in the spring. Yeah, you're saying that you've been given uh, the list of things to do before the snow flies. Yep, that's right. Everyone in, in the parks world and the outside world has that list exactly. Once the snow flies, it gets a lot harder to do a lot of things. Yeah. It's it's not nice to think about, but but we have to be prepared and, and do all those things for sure. Uh, a few things we wanted to discuss. Uh, recently, uh, we put out a media release in regards to Dutch elm disease in Moose Jaw and the number of cases in the city of Moose Jaw this year. And, of course, all that is tied into the elm pruning ban, which has been lifted, correct? Correct. So as of September 1st, you can prune your elm trees. If you are doing any pruning, do make sure you dispose of that properly. Parks and Rec has Elmwood disposal permits for you. They're free to get. They get you into the landfill for free, so they're a great deal. And they make sure that the wood goes, gets buried, so it doesn't breed any elm bark beetles and doesn't spread any disease like Dutch elm disease. Yeah, and just recap for us again the, the dangers of, of pruning trees during the summer when the ban is on, and then, yeah, what can happen with those exposed branches? Yes, when you prune during the spring-summer when we have the elm pruning ban, that is like the most delicious scent if you're an elm bark beetle. And so it encourages the elm bark beetles to move around between trees a lot more than they normally would, and they are the ones that carry the spores of Dutch elm disease. So the more they're moving around, the more trees are going to be able to infect. So it's very important that we don't do any pruning at all during the spring and summer, and we save it all for fall, winter. Okay, and it has been lifted, as you mentioned, and we just need to get that permit. So, yes, it'll save you that $10 to dispose of it at the landfill safely, whereas you said it'll be buried and uh, eliminate that risk of, of more uh, elm bark beetles showing up. Exactly. Well, of course, you know, we've got tens of thousands of trees in the city of Moose Jaw and all sorts of varieties. And we've talked about how to, how to protect some of those uh, varieties of trees. And we're going to celebrate the 2019 Tree of Significance here very soon. But Sarah, before we get there, I guess take us back to the 2018 Tree of Significance winner in the city of Moose Jaw. So last year's Tree of Significance was at SAS Polytech. It was a Tatarian maple out front of one of their main entrances. It's quite a large specimen, um, which is unusual for the species, and they are a spectacular species for their orange-red color in the fall. And in addition, it was used as part of the red dress exhibit earlier in 2018, so it was special for that reason as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. And so uh, what we like to do every year is to have people think of a, a tree in Moose Jaw that holds some special meaning uh, and nominate that tree for the Tree of Significance. What is our timeline to get those entries and submissions into the city? The submissions are due end of the day, September 16th. So that's a Monday. Forms are available online and at City Hall. And uh, we welcome all kinds of submissions. Any reason that you think the tree is special is a great reason. Yeah, send a photo along too. We would appreciate that if you can. I mean, a description is nice, but if you can also send a picture of that tree, uh, that would be fantastic as well. And you can email, where do they send them to? They can email us, okay, recreation sorry. at Moose Okay, did you say that already? Okay, no, I sorry. they're available online, but I didn't see okay. how to submit them. Okay. <laughs> Uh, well, yeah, and we would love to have pictures along with those submissions as well. So what you can do is, is go to the City of Moose Jaw's website and, and we'll have the Tree of Significance information right on our homepage. Uh, if you're hearing this and going, I don't want to go to the website, I want to nominate a tree right now, you can just send that email direct to us, right? 
Right, recreation at moosejaw.ca is the address to send it to, and absolutely we will accept nominations however you want to send them. Um, you can also drop them off if you're a person who still likes paper. That's absolutely fine too. Yeah, you can just drop them off at our at our front desk at, at City Hall, and, and we'll get that information up to Parks and Recreation. Uh, so that is the Tree of Significance. Anything else significant, Sarah, we need to mention today? Just to be on the lookout for all those fall problems, watch for the frost, make sure your trees are ready. That is our City Parks Gardener, Sarah Regent. Well, as mentioned, fall almost here and about three and a half months left in 2019. And with a new year on the horizon, preparations are being made for the 2020 City of Moose Jaw budget. Our Director of Financial Services, Brian Acker, made a presentation to City Council at the September 9th meeting with an economic forecast and the schedule for presenting and deliberating the 2020 budget. He also touched on some other financial matters that arose during that meeting, and he joins us now to discuss all of that. Welcome, Mr. Acker. Thank you. Uh, let's start, first of all, with uh, the city getting authorization from City Council to uh, go to the Saskatchewan Municipal Board to apply for our debt limit to, to remain at $95 million, which this is, uh, as you mentioned before, is just status quo, right? That's right. It's, it's status quo. Periodically, we have to go to the SMB uh, for renewal of our debt limit. Ours expires right now at the end of this year, so that was the process with the Council, was to do an analysis of our debt, see where we're at. Um, that analysis showed that the $95 million level that we have right now as a debt limit uh, is sufficient for the, at least the next couple of years. So we ask council to confirm that. We apply, we have to justify that to them, I suspect, with just all of our financial figures? That's right. We have to send in a financial package to them, basically providing justification for um, the city's ability to manage that debt, right? They're really looking at, can we service that debt? They wouldn't want to approve a debt level that was something that a municipality couldn't couldn't provide funding for. So they're sort of the overseer of that, and, and you need that approval to set that debt limit. Is this similar to applying to the bank for a mortgage where they say, okay, based on all your financial information, you, you're approved up to this much money we could loan you, or you could spend, that sort of thing? Yeah, it, it really is a means test, for lack of a better better sort of term for it, is, is they're just making sure that municipalities don't go over their debt limit, for lack of a better word, <laughs> that they don't get so far into debt that they can't get out of it. They're able to service that debt. Uh, a couple weeks back uh, at the council meeting, we, we issued a release regarding uh, some of the city's uh, financial update. Uh, and of course, our current debt is about $61 million right now. Yeah, it's about $61 million. I mean, that's a, that's a lot of money, of course, but it's, it, it goes to a whole lot of things that are happening in our city infrastructure-wise and, and beyond. So maybe if you could just take us briefly through some of the things that money is, is tied up in and, and that it's going to, to serve us. Yeah, so there, there's a number of areas we've borrowed over the years. Um, still within that $61 million is wastewater borrowing. We borrowed that for our wastewater treatment plant that we uh, did actually back in 2008. So that's part of our borrowing. Uh, there were a couple of loans as well for the multiplex for that uh, building to come through to fruition and, and move forward. Uh, there's also a, a significant amount of borrowing that we did just last year, $30 million for the waterworks, basically to help pay for the Buffalo Pound transmission line and some of the reservoir project. That was $30 million. So that's really what makes up that $61 million. In the future, there are some things we're going to be needing to fund as well, some major projects. Yeah, there, there is. Probably the, the biggest area is, again, our waterworks infrastructure. We've just got so much infrastructure in that area that needs rehabilitation, whether it's reservoirs. Um, we recently did the pipeline, as I mentioned, but we've got water mains. We've got, obviously, the cast iron water mains. There's just a whole whole host of things in there. There's also coming forward to us in, in the not-too-distant future is the Buffalo Pound Water Treatment Corporation, where we 
get our water from who process it. Um, they're going to be doing a significant uh, rehabilitation and upgrade to that facility. So that will have a significant impact on the monies needed uh, to be able to fund that. Another uh, conversation that, that came out of council on, on the September 9th meeting was the possibility of uh, an infrastructure levy within the city, a $100 infrastructure levy, uh, that really would replace uh, the hospital levy, which uh, has been in effect and is just winding down this year, correct? That's correct. The hospital levy is almost done. It's $15 uh, this year. So once that's done, it's complete. There will be no longer any levy for the hospital. Um, the infrastructure levy is something council sort of uh, debated around and, and, and had uh, discussions on for really back to about 2016. And, and sort of the, the where it comes out of was the whole cast iron water uh, process of how that would be funded. And at the time, council had given uh, passed a motion that said that we would do some type of infrastructure levy to make up for a portion of that funding. Um, we're at the point now moving forward where we need funding for a number of areas. Um, General Capital Reserve, which is our basically our transportation area, our streets and roads, our sidewalks, our bridges, are all in need of uh, funding to be able to fund and, and continue to move those programs forward. And our waterworks utility as well continues to need funding. So any infrastructure levy that council does approve will go to one or both of those areas to be able to fund the work that we're doing. We just recently closed a budget and city services survey and we'll be, we're compiling those results and we'll present those to city council at the September 23rd meeting, but certainly there were questions within that survey related to, you know, do you support an infrastructure levy and, and also what people's priorities were for budget time. And, and I think overwhelmingly we'll, we'll find it's infrastructure and, and waterworks are the, are the two biggies. Yes, it has been for the last number of years. And, and I mean, it's, it's obvious to, to almost anyone in the community, those are priorities. So you have to have a uh, working, functioning waterworks system. Obviously, you have to have potable water. You have to have roads that you're able to get around in and, and function in the community. So they're key assets for the community. And it's good to see that the community is recognizing that and that there needs to be funding put into to being able to rehabilitate those. Yeah, so we'll have those final results presented to the public and the City Council uh, <coughs> September 23rd at that meeting. And budget, of course, uh, planning for that is is already well underway. And, and we did release a few weeks back, you know, the, the fact that it is our goal to uh, adjust the budget schedule. We've had the last several years of getting budgets accomplished late winter, early spring. And so the goal is to, to really get ahead of that and be finished ideally, uh, before the next budget year starts. And so you did present that in, uh, at, uh, in your presentation on Monday night, Brian, uh, the laid out the, the plan for budget from the initial planning right through presenting to the public and council and those sorts of things. So can you just recap that for us, how we're going to get through this process? Well, right now, how we're going to get through that process is all of our city departments are busy doing their budget right now, preparing their budget. That will go through a review process and, and work its way towards council. Um, we hope to present that in a public sort of uh, press conference type setting mid-November. Um, the public will be given a two to three weeks to so, sort of mull over that budget and any input they have they'll be able to come forward to council and provide that when we do deliberations. Those deliberations with council are scheduled to start on November 27th. 
uh, and we'll move forward towards the end of the year with the goal of having the budget approved prior to the start of the fiscal year. Take us through again, you gave a bit of an economic forecast and a, and a rough outlook of what, uh, you know, crunching the numbers and, and what things look like right now and, and what a potential increase could be. Of course, it's going to be council that decides all of this, but can you just take us through some of the things in your presentation? Yeah, sure. So so what we generally look at when we do budget is first, first and foremost, we look at what the economy is like uh, in terms of the Saskatchewan economy and, and our local economy. Um, overall, we're seeing for next year, 2020, some modest uh, increases in various areas, whether it's GDP, we're seeing you know a 1.2% increase forecast. Um, we're seeing a modest increase in employment. And we're also seeing a bit of a rebound in terms of real estate and new housing starts. So those are all positives for the community and will ultimately impact our budget um, because as jobs increase and economic activity increases, it will generate more funds for the city of Moose Jaw and we're able to deliver our programs. Uh, in that manner. We also look at local factors and we are noting that our building permits are up year over year from the previous year so that's a positive. Uh, that means there is some more economic activity within the community uh, and that again will translate into additional tax dollars and that sort of thing. So we take that all into account when we pr prepare the budget and, and move it forward and the various departments are doing that as I said so once once we tabulate all that we'll have the actual numbers. Our estimate though at this point in time is right now we, we estimate we'll need about a 3% tax increase and that's really just to maintain our programs and services. The majority of that would just be the regular standard cost of living increases. There might be some uh, few dollars for some modest enhancements of programs that council has identified through their strategic planning as priorities. You know a good place to start and, and a good chance to at least get this information out there now ahead of time for everybody to digest and take a look at and, and hopefully provide that feedback which we, we would appreciate and, and so would council. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, that's a that's a big part of the budget process. It isn't just city administration and council sort of going off in a corner and working on their budget. We certainly want the public's input, and that's that's all part of this process. That was part of that economic update we did was just to apprise our citizens. This is sort of where we're at. This is what we we see coming, so they're aware of what's there. When we present the budget again, it'll be in a public format, so that information is available. It'll be available on our website for people to review, and we certainly welcome them to come forward with their views to council. On, on whatever aspect of the budget it is. So it's very much a public process. Um, the survey we do as well, um, that online survey, again, is trying to get information from the public. What do they see as their needs and wants? And, and that way we can take all that in and, and move it forward in the budget process. Uh, with Brian Acker, Director of Financial Services with the City. Brian, you know, again, we've talked about the, the city's debt limit and, and the debt we do carry related to all the infrastructure projects that we have underway and waterworks and all those things and uh, another potential increase. And, and you know, some residents may be, you know, concerned about, you know, that's a lot of money and, and another increase. You know, I guess from your point of view, looking at all, all the numbers, I mean, what is the confidence you see in terms of, A, our ability to continue to fund these projects and those factors you weigh, what are those signs of positivity you could find or confidence within our own uh, city? Well, I, I think the thing you have to look at when you look at debt is also reserves. Uh, and that's something we don't always do, have, haven't always done in the past. We've sort of focused singly on debt, saying our debt level is this compared to other communities. But I, I think, especially from Ushja's perspective, because we do have significant reserves, we have to look at that in terms of, of our debt. Um, we recently did a survey of, of the major cities in Saskatchewan. And when you compare our debt to our reserves, um, we actually come out far ahead of the other cities in terms of having an overall net 
positive in that regard. Actually, all of the other cities surveyed actually have a negative. They, they actually have more debt than they do reserves. So, so that, I think, speaks for, for the city of Mooshtaw and, and all of the past councils over the years that have, have worked very hard to establish those reserves and continue to maintain them. And we're seeing the benefit of that. And, and going forward in, in 2020 and beyond, we expect to see even more benefit. Um, the investment committee of the city has worked very hard to, to look at how we can maximize those returns. And as that money comes back and flows in, that will provide additional funding as well to the city. So um, overall, when you look at that, you take into account reserves and debt, um, we're in, in very a very good financial situation at this point. And just maybe along that line, then remind us of the work that the, the reserves do for us within the city and, and help us when it comes to budget time? Well, what those reserves do for us is, is we have specific reserves for, for a variety of things. So, so the one thing they do is they allow us to build up money to do whatever project that is. But the biggest benefit they do is in doing that, building up that money for that project is we invest those funds. So we're able to get investment income that helps flow back into that reserve to help fund it. Ultimately, at the end of the day, you end up having less funding overall for whatever project that is. Um, right now, the city gets about $4 million from its reserves, which is plowed back into those reserves to fund the various programs and services. Um, with the investment committee and the, the changes that have been made in terms of the investment approach, um, we expect that probably to increase to the $5.5 million range, which is a, a significant increase. But those funds then will be available to fund additional programs and services and, and so on. Yeah, and that's everything from, you said, programs, services, equipment, all those things, right? Exactly. It's, it's, we have a, a sort of a whole variety of reserves, some very specific and some more general, like the equipment reserve, that sort of thing. But, yeah, whether it's equipment replacement or a housing reserve or, you know, just a whole host of, of different reserves, it will provide additional funding into that reserve because that core money that's in there will earn more investment income. Director of Financial Services for the City of Moose Jaw, Brian Acker. Well, thank you for joining us on this supersized edition of the Notorious Jawcast. And if you've got an idea for the podcast, a question you would like answered from City Hall, by all means, let us know. We'll do it on a future episode. You can email chemingway at moosejaw.ca. Thank you for listening. I'm Craig Hemingway.